Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of According to Fox. I am your host, A. Fox. Well, we have a special show coming up next week because next week makes our three-year anniversary of According to Fox. I started this show on my 34th birthday. I will be 37 on Sunday, November the 13th. Y'all know that this whole month is mine. It's November with an A. Yes, please, let's add that. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're going to have a special show next week. We're kind of going to jot down our favorite episodes. I, I want you guys to pick which ones would be the top five, because it's a lot of time. So maybe five to 10 episodes Um, this week. I'm going to have you guys tell me which ones you want to hear again or which guests you would like to come back on. And yeah, three years in, three years in. But on a somber note, we did lose another contributor to our culture. Takeoff was killed November 1st, and it was a very tragic story. It's a lot happening surrounding what's going on with him. So I decided to dedicate the entire People Talking section to Takeoff. So RIP to Kirschnick Ball, Takeoff, one third of the Migos, one half of the duo. Unkin Few with Quavo. My prayers are with Offset and Quavo because they are actually family. Quavo is his uncle and Offset's his cousin, and they weren't in the best of terms when everything went down. So my prayers are with their family. Again, RIP Takeoff. This next segment is for you. So on Tuesday morning, early, very early in the morning, there were reports that Takeoff and Quavo were both shot. We soon found out that that wasn't all the way true. It was just Takeoff. It was at a dice game in Houston. The details are foggy at best. So what was first said was they were outside in Houston with Mob Ties, which is Jay Prince's people, his son, and other people in Houston. And Quavo was losing, was the first story, that Quavo was losing, and he was getting upset, and he got, he escalated the situation, and then someone started shooting, somebody else started shooting, Takeoff got hit in the middle of it, and he had nothing to do with anything. Then there was video going around uh, right before the shooting, and they even had a video of him lying on the ground. I'm going to get into that in a second. But the video that happened before the shooting, you can hear Quavo say, I'm not about to argue with y'all over a basketball game. So it sounds like they were at a dice game, but the argument about something else. Um, Two other people were shot. Quavo's assistant was shot. They did not say who else got shot, but they did say there were non-threatening injuries. So the story went that when it escalated because Quavo was yelling. Someone on Quavo's side took out a gun and started shooting, and they said that that shot killed him immediately. Again, these are foggy details. I don't know what's going on, but this has been the main story that everybody's been saying. I've actually heard a different story this morning for the first time, but every this seems to be the, the gist of it. 
Um, it was friendly fire. They say basically takeoff walked into the shot or the guy was just shooting aimlessly. And then the other side started shooting either way it hit takeoff. The first, one of the first articles that he was hit 56 times, which I found odd. It's like, that's why people have to collect the clues. And this is a person, this is a, a, somebody's brother, somebody's son, somebody's child. Somebody loves him. You know, a lot of people love Takeoff. Arguably, people's favorite member of the group because he was the humble one. He was the quiet one. He was the chill one. I like Takeoff. And I remember one time I said, out of everybody's solo album, I prefer Takeoffs over everybody else, which I was surprised by. I thought I would like Quavo's more. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it at all. Offsets was cool. I like Takeoffs. And I usually like Takeoffs versus better than everybody else's. But I'm not like a huge Migos fan. It took me a good four years to realize they weren't just one guy. So I'm not even going to pretend like I'm the biggest fan of the Migos. I'm not. But once I got to know which one was which, you know, it was kind of easy to tell after that. But it's really sad because, like I said, Quavo is Takeoff's uncle. So they were saying that the shooter is actually Takeoff's, no, Quavo's brother, which is Takeoff's other uncle. So I'm not, I don't know. It sounds like that's the case, but I don't, again, we don't know. We can only speculate at this point. The other story I heard today was, let me read it, it's from Facebook. Takeoff's killer, Lil' Kim, was killed in Houston last night. Turns out it wasn't friendly fire. Lil' Kim, who was Jay Prince Jr.'s bodyguard, henchman, grabbed Takeoff after Jay Prince Jr.'s other bodyguard grabbed Quavo. Lil' Kim then fired the first shot, killing Takeoff execution style. Then the Migos can't return fire. I don't believe that's true. I'm not saying... I don't know. It just doesn't add up. Like... Jazz Prince, which is um Jay Prince Jr. and Jazz Prince are Jay Prince's kids. Um, Jazz Prince released a statement saying he wasn't there. Jay Prince Jr. didn't say much to my knowledge, but I don't know. I, I find it odd that they would hold Quavo and Quavo's fine. I don't it just that doesn't make sense to me. That line of whatever that is, it doesn't make sense to me. My real issue is with the people who decided to record this man bleeding on the floor and thought that was okay. That's my real problem. I feel like that is disgusting. I feel like why would you want someone's last last breath to be taken? Why would you want their last word? Why do you need that on your phone? Why do you need to upload it for likes? That is despicable. Somebody's bleeding out on the floor. You're not calling 911. You're just recording. And it's like, oh, somebody else is calling 911. So put your fucking phone away. How would you feel if all your family member can do is just Google you and see you dying over and over on the internet? How do you think that would make your mother feel? How do you think that would make your family feel? And that's the first thing I do. Something happens. Let me break out my phone. For what? And it came on my Instagram because I hate it when people do that. Somebody will upload it, not no disclaimer, nothing. You just like scrolling through your stories. And I have a habit of 
like just letting my stories play because sometimes I hear like I need the white noise so I have my headphones in. I'm not even paying attention to what's happening when my stories is going. And then I hear, no, take, no. And I'm hearing screaming and it's Quavo. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And here goes take off on the floor. Like it disgusted me. Like why would you even upload that to your stories? That's That's insane. And to know that that man died like that, a man who bothered nobody, unproblematic to his core, left everybody alone, just got his money, stay out the way. This is what happens. And it's, it's fucking sad. And it's senseless. No matter what happened, I feel like everybody could have made it home that night. Nobody had to argue about anything. Somebody could have walked away. It's It's really... I, my problem is our men have such egos and I understand because for years it's been taken from you. Pride has been taken from you for centuries. I get it. I'm black too. I totally understand how hard it is to be black, but our ego really gets the best of us a lot of times. And without ego, more black men would be able to wake up in the morning whatever the issue was, whatever the conversation was, no one had to die that night is all I'm saying. No one, everybody could have went home and that's it. It's another day. There there didn't have to be RIPs anywhere. And most of our conflicts and situations end in RIPs. And I'm so tired of it. By the way, take off was 28 years old, young. I don't even think he had children yet. So didn't even start a family, didn't get to live life, like live life. Like he's lived for 10 years. He's had a good, he's had a great run with the Migos. They've been popular since 2012, but 10 years, I'm sure 28 is still too young. Even if you had the time of your life, the last 10 years, 28 is too young. He's only begun to live. And the Migos broke up. Apparently, there's an issue with Offset, but I feel like Takeoff was always neutral in that regard. He never really tried to shit on Offset. He laughed a lot of stuff off, and he actually was pretty optimistic and hopeful. And it was Quavo, the one saying, nah, we won't be the Migos anymore. Like, it was a lot of back and forth between Quavo and Offset. And I know both of them are hurting beyond reproach, like hurting. And it's sad because they lost a brother. And this is something that's going to be hard for their family to get over. I know it is. It's just, it's nonsense. It's tragic. And the most we can do is just pray for them, pray for their families. RIP to take off, you know. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, nobody deserves that. But he, he didn't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to die in cold blood. Nobody deserves for their last moment or for their their dead body to be all over Twitter and social media. No one. And it's sad that it happened to someone that, you know, our community genuinely cares about. Somebody who was there for the culture. I remember I went to a festival, was a panorama, a panorama festival, and it kind of got rained out. 
So that night it was supposed to be the Migos and Janae Aiko. And I only ended up seeing Daniel Caesar. You know, at the time I was really, really into Daniel Caesar. And as we're walking across the Randall's Bridge, because all these festivals are in like places that's just hard to get to. As we're walking across the bridge, it's like three, four white kids that were like, we want to see the Migos and and we wanted to see the Migos and we're sad and we were going to pop a molly and all this other stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, I really like the Migos, huh? And he was like, yeah, Quavo's my favorite. Da-da-da-da, going off, like the whole bridge. And I was like, all right, cool. So I said that because Aoki Lee, that's Russell Simmons and Kamora Lee's daughter, brought up a very valid point about how when our celebrities die and are murdered and pretty much killed in the street, the white people who love playing their music when they work out and and sit there and make them the soundtrack of their lives are quiet. They're silent. They say nothing. Nothing. Like, it, it doesn't affect them in any way what happens to us. It never does. It never has. And yesterday, Aaron Carter died. And RIP to him, but RIP to him. So... I see so much, so many white people. Oh my God, Aaron Carter. Oh my God, Aaron Carter. And I'm like, oh, y'all was quiet on Tuesday. But y'all like, but y'all want to say nigga on the song so bad because we say it on the song. And this is the difference. This is why <laughs> y'all can't say nigga on the song. I know it sounds like this is a stretch, but it's not. Think about it. Y'all listen to our music. Y'all get to say the things that we talk about in our everyday life. We talk about the, the crime and the drugs and the shooting and all that and, and the money we getting and the, and the fly shit we wearing. Y'all love it when we do that. Y'all love the braggadocious part of hip-hop, but y'all don't see where we come from and how it's or automatically dangerous. It's automatically an attachment of danger when you're a rapper. And these people that you love, you know, all their music word for word, and you say nigga because he says it in the song, when he dies, you feel nothing. It makes no difference to you. That word means nothing to you. It makes no difference to you. But it does to us. They mean something to us. Takeoff meant something to us. And I'm a New York person. Like, Takeoff is from Atlanta. And it's, it's been a New York-Atlanta situation where it's like Atlanta got hip-hop now, but New York started regardless he meant something to a lot of us his group meant something to a lot of us i remember donald glover went on the emmys and said the migos are like the black are like the beatles of our generation and and they are they were they really were they was even on the first season of atlanta i do remember that they was on the first season and yeah they are the beatles of our generation they made hits they created a sound that people are still using today. Takeover's a part of that. I have my favorite hat says, do it look like I got left off bad and bougie? That's a famous takeoff line. <laughs> famous. So it's, it's we were neat. Basically, these are our people. These are people that we relate to on a different page, on a different angle. And y'all listen to their music and feel like, oh, we love them. We love them so much. And then they die like, all right, next next rapper. Yeah, we don't get to do that. 
we can't, we have to mourn, we have to grieve because we lost a valid part of our culture. Take off the last rocket. You, sir, I want to thank you. I know everybody didn't give you your flowers while you was alive, but honestly, you know why people don't get their flowers? Because we feel like everybody got time. We don't think that we don't have that much time. No matter how many times we say it, life is short. Love on the people who love you. All that. That is well and good, but we feel like we have the time to do it. So take off. Thank you. All right. Your, your first boss in fight night is my shit. I love it. I am so sorry this happened to you. I am so sad that we lost another black man to the streets. I'm so sad that I'm not, I'm just getting, I'm too acclimated to losing y'all. I saw a picture of Trouble and Takeoff and I forgot all about Trouble and I did an episode on troubleshooting. Like, and that was this year. It's so many rappers that we are losing at alarming rates. We can't even grieve the last one because there's another one. PNB Rock was two months ago. His was September, what, 12th, 13th? Two months ago. Barely. And Takeoff died, was six weeks later? Come on. Come on. This is too much. Dolph died almost a year ago last year. Next week makes a year since Dolph died. Shit, I'm not even over popping nip. We're losing so many kings at so many young ages. Take off. Thank you for what you've contributed to the culture. No pun intended. You guys created albums called Culture because that's what you guys were. T-shirt is, is a crazy video. I've never seen so much fur. I enjoy Take Off. I enjoy the Migos. And like I said, I hope Offset and Quavo can get past this because there's nothing... There's nothing that important now. Whatever y'all was beefing over, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. So, again, R.I.P. Kirschnick, take off, Paul. So it seems like Drake did a fake trilogy without telling everybody. Um, they said basically the gist of it is I used to be a certified lover boy, but honestly, never mind. It's her loss. So this third album is her loss with 21 Savage, which is an odd combination. I like 21. Don't get me wrong. Have I really like been into 21? No. I remember his last album, the one that um, had a lot with J. Cole on it. I did listen to it. I like that. I didn't mind it. But I don't like go out my way to hear what 21 says. I don't. I'm not going to lie about it. But I don't hate the kid. I, I actually do like most of it. Some of his music, whatever I come across, I just don't go search for it. So, yeah, so this is a weird dynamic with Drake and 21, Canada and England, Atlanta. He is from the, is he from England or Dominica? Because Dominica is a British territory. So is he truly from England? I don't know. Either way. Yeah, it's a weird mashup. 
And I was going to listen because I actually do enjoy some Aubrey. But you know me. Sometimes I just got to be sister fucking soldier. So I see some snippets that Meg is upset because Drake used her name as a bar. So I go look at the bar. And it's this bitch lie about getting shot, but she's still a stallion. That sounds like he's talking about Megan and the Tory situation, which he's been quiet about for the longest. Shout out to Kima. She's on the show before, and she made a very interesting um, note because she said Drake has been, he's always quiet on shit that happens to the black community, mainly black women. Like he'll, he'll talk about how much he loves his stripper and how much, you know, he'll be in love with this chick with the fat ass Malaya, whatever, stuff like that. But when it comes to real issues in our community, he's fucking quiet. He's very mum is the word. And this is true. I feel like he does do that because, you know, we have a habit of we like your music. You know, we let you slide with shit and you, you still get invited to the cookout. And I'm not saying Jake, Drake ain't black. I'm saying he's half black with a Jewish mother, a blonde haired blue-eyed kid, and a white porn star baby moms. So he is he's very low on, on the spectrum of blackness, is what I'm saying. So when you invite everybody to the motherfucking cookout, this is what happens. You invite everybody to the cookout, including Drake, but then guess what? They get to disrespect the bitches. Um, excuse me. They dis- they get to disrespect the women making the food. So it was like, nah, it's cool. He could say what he wants about her. He could do this. He could say what he wants about Megas rap, right? Where was this energy for Pusha T? Why don't you ever have energy for people who lyrically will bust your ass? And with the with the Pusha T situation, I was like, you know what? Maybe Drake don't got to respond. Even though I enjoy Pusha's music a great deal. I love Push. I feel like I can sell any amount of drugs because of Pusha T. He gives me the confidence to know that if I put my mind to it, I could whip some work. Can I? No. We'll figure it out one day. One day. But either way. When Push came at him full speed, he was quiet as a church mouth. Because that little, the other thing he said was was trash. Come on now. It, it was trash. It was nothing compared to the story of Addie Don. So, all I'm saying is you never have the energy for other rappers. Maybe Meek. Maybe Meek. And that was, what, seven years ago? Then he started talking about Serena Williams and her husband. He called her husband a groupie. But he says Serena by name. So, and that's an ex. So, why you feel so comfortable talking about black women, Drake? Why you feel so comfortable disrespecting black women? So, Shakima said, apparently, this is the meme that Shakima reposted. Especially in a week where rap is literally mourning yet another artist who died of gun violence, R.I.P. Takeoff. For Drake to rap that ball about Meg was just wild disrespectful. It is. It was in poor taste and in disgusting timing. So Kima adds, first of all, where was Drake in June of 2020 and beyond? Quiet as a church mouse. He never has anything of value to say, but wants to jump out the window about a black woman. 
Now, the people about George Floyd, Brianna, Black Lives Matter, Oye, besides calling him a op, but now he has thoughts. Good to know. Same, Kima. Same. He done got too comfortable talking about Black women for me too, girl. Same. Okay? And then I saw another um, tweet from Mark Lamont Hill, who I, who I enjoyed. He said, if Drake released a song with clever wordplay that mocked the shooting of a male rapper or any man for that matter, the same people defending him would be outraged. But of course, he would never do that. Never. Yeah, I know that is not in his wheelhouse. That is not that nigga's ministry. Okay? He would never do such a thing. Ever. So, my problem is, who told you you could do that? Did 21 put that battery in your back? Who told you you could do that? We got to stop letting them get so comfortable that they feel like it's okay to talk crazy about your your queens. That's wild. So Lil Yachty comes out and says, oh, no, it's not about Meg. It's about women who get their butt shots and their butt done and lie about it. You think I don't know what a double entendre is? I am a student of Jay-Z where he does triple and quadruple entendres. And guess what? Y'all was all up in arms when he said, other niggas playing football with you. And God damn it, what's the line? See, y'all done fucked me up. Oh, you don't even know what you would have done. In the future, other niggas playing football with your son. There you go. I knew the line. I just trying to see if y'all knew. Anyway, that's a double entendre, right? But we all know future football son. He's talking about future and Russell. And the baby future. That's what he was talking about. We all knew what he was talking about. And y'all were saying Hope was wrong for that because they've collaborated before. So you can't talk about another nigga's business. It, it, it's so funny how you can't talk about other people's business when it's somebody that you revere or something. But when Hope did it, it was a problem. Now, this one does it. Oh, it's hip hop. It's rap. You know what else is hip hop? Responding to a diss track. <laughs> you know what else is rap? Battling a nigga who came at you and talked about your baby mother and talked about your kid. That's hip hop when you respond to that. And I'm not saying violence. I'm saying just a response. Warranting a reply. That's hip hop. And yeah, it's just weird to me. So Lil Yachty's like, yeah, that's not what it's about. And so here goes another question. Lil Yachty, did, did you write that? Is this the ghostwriter thing all over again? Are you the new Quentin Miller for, for Aubrey? Because for you to know specifically, no, that's not what it's about. It's not about that. It's about women doing this because you're a stallion when you're thick. Nigga, I know what the fuck you said. I know what the fuck you said. And that could work. It's cute. I like the way you spun that. You were talking about Megan. Let's not let's not play like the general public is fucking stupid. Like it went over our heads, my nigga. No, it really didn't. But did you write it? Is Drake getting ghostwriters again? Y'all could say it. Cause that's something that's not hip hop. A ghostwriter. If you are a singer, you can have whoever write for you. Just as long as you got your voice. But rapping, rapping, that's it. You need the bars. You need the lines. You need the lyrics. You need that. If somebody writing for you don't make you a rapper, make you a fucking artist. It don't make you an MC. It makes you an artist. Because you 
that's barely an artist because it ain't your art. You just saying this shit. You just the, the, the fucking canvas. Everybody else is doing all the work. So no, that's what's raising the point now. That's not hip hop. If Lil Yachty wrote your shit, why is he writing your shit? That ain't odd to y'all. That Lil Yachty came out, spoke out like he wrote it, and then you look at the credits, and there goes his name. So let's let's get into that scandal, but y'all don't want to hear shit like that. Y'all hate when people talk about shit like that. Y'all do. Y'all do. And I was I was one of the people that like, well, Drake's an artist. I don't think of him as like a rapper. Like, like oh, who's your favorite rappers right now? I don't say Drake, but they're like, who music do you listen to? I'll say Drake. But if you want to talk about rap, I'm gonna throw Cole in there. That's I'm gonna throw Cole. I'm gonna throw Hope. I, I throw Jay Kiss still. I throw Fab still. I do. I don't. I wouldn't say Drake is my favorite rapper because I don't feel like he's a rapper. But this is further proven that he's not. In any event, I I won't be listening to her loss. I guess it's my loss. I guess so. I don't. I'm all right. I listened to Honestly Nevermind probably like 10 times because he did spit some bars. I can't get past some beats. So this is two Drake albums in a row I'm good on. I'm all right. Um, Congratulations to the Houston Astros for winning the World Series. So you know what's so wild? For Game 5, Philly showed out. Like, Meek did Dreams and Nightmares. I, that song will never die. That song, 10 years old. That song is perfection. Can't wait to walk down the aisle to it. He came out with the Phillies, I believe, to Dreams and Nightmares. He did the, he did the song. And Jasmine Sullivan sang the Star Spangled Banner, and it rivals, like, the Whitney Houston version. Like, damn, all right, it might be better. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It might be better. That girl came out and sang, okay? Sang her face off for Philly. How the fuck y'all lose that game? If I was from Philly, I'm not even from Philly and I was excited because of that. I was like, oh, me doing some shit, okay? Jasmine singing. You can't elect, you can't not electrify the whole crowd. This is a good intro to the World Series. They motherfucking lost. I was so surprised. I'm like, but you had all this pomp and circumstance. It was, it was like unrivaled in Phillyness. All you was missing was a fucking cheesesteak running across the field. That's all you really would have needed. And look, y'all lost. Last night, Houston took it all. And apparently somebody named Mattress Mac, he he made a bet and he won $75 million because Houston won. I don't know who Mattress Mac is, but um, I would like to hold something, sir. It seems like you you made a good choice. So just, I, I'll take something with a comma, maybe two, you can afford it. Um, He won 75 million fucking dollars. Oh my God. It's amazing. Wow. So congratulations to Houston Astros. Who was the ones that was cheating? Who cheated a couple years ago? Was it not the Astros? If it was the Astros that cheated, I am not a baseball person. I'm sorry, y'all. I started watching when Derek Jesus stopped playing. My biracial angel wasn't at bat. There was no reason for me to watch anymore. Um, But, yeah, I really did not. I don't remember, but I feel like five years ago, Houston cheated. Somebody fucking cheated. I got to look it up. But, yes, 
congratulations to you guys, the Astros. So Dwayne Wade's former wife, Siobhan Funches, is accusing him of exploiting Zaya Wade for financial gain. Now, Siobhan is Dwayne's first wife, and I think they got married in college or something. He has had custody of both his sons because they had two children together. Well, I'm sorry, of his oldest son, Zion. I believe that's Zaire. No, Zaire is the oldest, and Zaya is their daughter. So Zaya is trying to transition into being a woman. So that's their mom. Dwayne has had custody for 10 years for both of his children. As an active NBA player, he was given full custody and sole custody of his children. So it's a lot of people saying, oh, but that's still their mother. That's still her mother. And yes, it is still her mother. Her mother has not been a mother in a good amount of years. So Dwayne released a statement stating how not only does Siobhan not know what's going on with Zaya, she hasn't spoken to Zaya in years. And she talks, I believe she talks to the oldest son, but she has no relationship with her. So who are you to say what's best for a child if you don't even know your child? My problem is how many people are vilifying Dwayne Wade for loving his kid unconditionally. And that's something a lot of people don't know how to do. You love your child under the condition that they are the person that you want them to be or expect them to be. They come into this world as their own people. If you have a son who decides, I want to be a girl, then you're going to say, no, I don't love you the same. You have to get out of my house. You're not my child. That's what y'all are used to. And that's what y'all think is normal. And that's what y'all think is okay. It's not. To see a black man, a black man, not only defend his child, take up for his child, but actually listen and hear and love and communicate with his child is amazing. And he should be the standard. Now, when people talk about 50 Cent and his blatant disregard for the child that has his exact face, y'all want to say he's grown and that's none of y'all business and that has nothing to do with y'all. What happened between him and his son is his business. But when Zaya Wade is in the equation, everybody has an opinion about this free trans child. Everyone has an opinion. Why does that bother you so much? Zaya has an active father. Zaya clearly has an active stepmother. So why does it bother you that she has all this love around her and all this acceptance? You don't want her to be accepted? Is she Does she not reserve that right to be accepted as who she is? I don't understand your issue with it. Oh, but that's still a child. When I was a child, guess what? I had a crush on Big Daddy Kane. It has not gone away. 
30 years later, I am still a huge fan of that man's face. When I was a child, I was nine years old. You couldn't tell me I was not in love with Allen Iverson. 28 years later, guess what? Still in love with Allen Iverson. These children these days still have a very strong sense of self. I speak to my niece and she's 14 and it's like, I had no idea that a person of your age can have it kind of together. These kids kind of have it together. They don't have to see, they don't have to find themselves. They know who they are, but you can't respect the fact that this is what this child wants. It, it baffles you that this is what this child wants. And it further boggles your mind that their father is okay with it. It doesn't bother you that this woman hasn't seen her child in a decade. I don't care what I'd turn into. If I was a murderer and I had to go to jail for like 20 years, my mother would see me for 20 years because I'm her child. Yes, am I a cold blood killer? Not in real life. This is purely hypothetics. But because I'm my mother's child, she will make sure she goes to see me. Absolutely. Because I'm still her child and she loves me unconditionally. And there's this meme that goes around that says, oh, men, it's from Chris Rock, men only loved on the condition that um, they can provide something, but women and children are loved unconditionally. And I've said this countless times on this show before, women and children are loved unconditionally because they love unconditionally. They love without conditions. They are loved the way that they love. Men love with conditions. I love you to death unless you cheat on me, then you a hoe. I love you to death unless you gay, then now you're not my son. I love you to death unless you a hoe, now you're not my daughter because I didn't raise you to be on the pole. Y'all love has too many stipulations. That's why y'all get loved with stipulations. Get it? There's nothing wrong with Dwayne Wade. And everybody's like, well, he must be gay if he's okay with his, his son being a girl now. Why does he have to be gay? Being a supportive father for your trans child is disgusting to y'all. Disgusting. And to me, that is the most admirable thing in the world. There were so many kids are there are so many kids hanging themselves committing suicide because they can't be the person they want to be or their parents will kick them out if they are this person or they got to wait till they're 18 to want to do this and then maybe i'll love you no why is it okay to put our children through trauma we're supposed to be a generation that breaks that why would it be okay to put your child through some shit because you don't like the choices they're making? They do not live for you. The life that they have is for them. They shouldn't have to live theirs for you. So if you have a child who no longer wants to be the gender that they were born with, then you have to accept it. You should accept it. And, oh, that's my child. They're going to do what I tell them to do. And that's how you lose them. Because y'all are too proud to, to care. 
Why can't you just care? Why, why can't you just be there for them when they need it? That's that's the issue. That's the real problem. And Dwayne Wade doesn't need money. Let's make that very clear. Dwayne Wade needs no fucking money. And Zaya is thriving. I believe she has a modeling contract somewhere. I'm sure that money goes to her. I'm sure it does. Because what the fuck does he need it for? He had a great career in the NBA. Got three rings. He retired on his own volition. Makes a lot of money still. Make... What the fuck you think he need money for? Siobhan, aren't you the one who needs money? And everybody's like, that's still, that's still their mother. Then you should try to be a mother first. Because he's being a dad. He's doing what a dad should do. He's active in his child's life. He's listening. He's protective. He's providing. He's caring. He's loving. That's what you should want in a father. But according to Dwayne, all she does is find lawyers to sue him for more or sue him for something. She wants to stop the transition and that will only hurt Zaya. That will only hurt that child. So, yes, that is a child. I'm very aware that that's a child, but this is what that child does. This is that what that child wants to be, a free child. I can't put more emphasis on it because freedom makes a difference. When we grew up, they damn near tried to keep us in cages, okay? They tried to put us in jail for everything. They tried to stop and frisk everything. We are not used to idea the idea of black kids just being free. It's not just gentle parenting. It's just parenting. That's all it is. It's parenting. And I personally feel like Dwayne Wade deserves all the accolades and all the flowers for being the dad that he is to Zaya. And I hope Zaya's best interests are taken into account when whatever the situation happens here. And I hope she can stay as happy and healthy and thriving the way she has been under her dad's guidance. Maybe a week ago, uh, probably like within the last five, seven days ago, Kyrie Irving posted a film 
on his Instagram called H2N. He he rose to Negroes, I believe. And it was just really a post. He didn't say much about it. He just posted it up. And I think he said something like a good good movie, good film, something like that. Just like a good post, right? Good movie. Something great, regular like that. Yes, it's called He Rose to Negroes. And there was an uproar about it because apparently it's supposed to be anti-Semitic. So I am going to scroll through what they're saying that the book is about. So far, I don't see the anti-Semitism, but I'm going to read just the first three bullets. The 2018 film Heroes to Negroes, Hebrews to Negroes, based on director Ronald Dalton Jr.'s book series of the same name, is a three-plus-hour effort to prove the Black Hebrew Israelite belief that certain people of color, including Black Americans, are the true descendants of the biblical Israelites. That's not a lie. I'm not a Black Israelite. I am Baptist. I was raised Southern Baptist. But it it doesn't take a genius to let y'all know that anyone born in Egypt and Africa in those times are pretty fucking black. But okay. The second bullet. The film promotes beliefs commonly found among anti-Semitic and extremist factions of the BHI movement, which is the black Hebrew Israelite including claims that modern Jews are imposters who stole the religious heritage of black people and have engaged in the cover-up to prevent black people from knowing their true identity. I don't know if I'd use that verbiage, but everybody everybody in the Bible was black. I don't know what verbiage they're trying to say. I feel like they're using a lot of words saying, oh, the imposters and soul. I'm going to just say in the Bible, Y'all wasn't black. Um, While much of the film deals with historical and genetic arguments about various racial and ethnic groups, it also includes extensive anti-Semitism, including claims of a global Jewish conspiracy to oppress and defraud black people. And I don't think it's it's a conspiracy. We don't we don't help ourselves. Allegations that Jews are in part responsible for the transatlantic slave trade. What makes you think that they? Everybody was a part of most whites were a part of the transatlantic slave trade. So I don't I don't think that that's a that's criticism. It's it's fact, it's history. White people did that shit. It wasn't, I mean, besides the, the homie tribe, it really wasn't us doing it, but okay. And the claim that Jews falsified the history of the Holocaust in order to conceal their nature and protect their status and power. I don't believe that the Holocaust was falsified at all. That's the one thing I wholeheartedly disagree with. Everything else sounds pretty fucking spot on. Everything else. But he wasn't spreading hate speech. He was posting a movie. So, um, apparently, you know, he's on the nets and most of the owners of the nets are very, very, Jewish. Um, so what's his name? Marx or something? I forgot what his name was, but they're they're very Jewish. So they were saying that Kyrie needs to apologize. Kyrie says 
basically his apology wasn't the apology that they wanted from him. And it, I feel like they wanted him to grovel because he basically said, I can't be anti-Semitic if I am a black Hebrew, which is what he believes. He's, he's an Israelite. So if he believes that, then he believes that you can't be anti-Semitic. He has a valid point. <laughs> like you, it's kind of hard to be that if you believe in this. So Kyrie, then they also make him donate $500,000 towards causes and organizations to eradicate, you know, intolerance and things. But he did release a statement that he's an ominous and he meant no disrespect to anyone's religious beliefs. The anti-Semitic label that is being pushed on me is not justified and does not reflect the reality or truth I live in every day. I embrace and want to learn from all walks of life and religions. I didn't know there was a word for that, but I feel like that's something I am too. I was raised Southern Baptist, but personally, I would like, like, I like to take from all religions. So it's more like, I believe in reincarnation. I believe in um, the afterlife also. I also believe that kindness can take you just as far. I don't, you know, I, I pray. I still do things like pray mostly. And yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird thing. You believe what you believe. What whatever works best for you is what you should do. I really I really think that's the way the world. Like you should really believe in whatever you choose to believe in. As long as it doesn't cause any harm and that's the thing. He's not causing any harm. They keep saying what he what he's doing is harmful and is hurting people. But he he didn't hurt anyone. He he just posted it. He posted it. So now Adam Silver, who is the who is he? The commissioner of the NBA. He's he's very Jewish. The one before him, David Stern, was also Jewish. So I'm only just saying that they're Jewish because they are. And they are in charge of the biggest league in basketball. They are. Um, it's not lying and it's not anti-Semitic. He's Jewish. So he said he was going to talk to Kyrie himself. And I don't know what that was supposed to do. But on some boogeyman shit, like, oh, I'll talk to him and see what's going on. Because I believe we deserve an apology. And I don't know what he would be apologizing for. So... He, I guess he talks to them and they come back and say he's been suspended for at least five games. Five games. He's suspended for five games. Y'all had him donate $500,000 and suspended him for five games? No money? For five? It's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't think that was necessary at all because he didn't give you the apology you expected. So then after he gives the apology, it's also all right. Let me let me read the apology first because apparently this is the apology they wanted the whole time. So 
the apology letter goes. Jesus Christ, Kyrie, this is long. While doing research on Yahweh, I posted a documentary that contains some false anti-Semitic statements, narratives, and language that were untrue and offensive to the Jewish race religion. And I take full accountability and responsibility for my actions. Judaism is a religion. It's definitely not a race. I don't know why people keep thinking that. I am grateful to have a big platform to share knowledge. And I want to move forward by having an open dialogue to learn more and grow from this. To all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain and I apologize. I initially reacted out of emotion to being unjustly labeled anti-Semitic instead of focusing on the healing process of my Jewish brothers and sisters that were hurt from the hateful remarks made in the documentary. I want to clarify any confusion on where I stand fighting against anti-Semitism by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and a factual explanation outlining the specific, the specific beliefs in the documentary I agree with and disagree with. I had no intentions to disrespect any Jewish cultural history regarding the Holocaust or perpetuate any hate. I am learning from this unfortunate event and hope we can find understanding between us all. I am no different than any other human being. I am a seeker of truth and knowledge and I know who I am. That is a very eloquent apology. After the five-game suspension, this is what he released. And then Nike goes and drops him. They no longer work with Kyrie. What, what are we apologizing for then? What's the apology for? If he said what he said, and mind you, the first thing he said wasn't disrespectful either. Y'all just didn't like the way he apologized. He didn't say sorry the way he meant to say sorry. And I know y'all going to bring another person up, but we're going to touch on that. Trust and believe. We'll touch on that other person. Pause. We're going to talk about that and pretty soon. But he apologized. So it's like, oh, no, let's take some more from him. He, the boy's 30. Just turned 30. Y'all serious about this? He didn't say anything crazy. He didn't say anything off the wall, Michael Jackson. Why? And my thing is Kyrie always goes against Green. He doesn't do what you tell him to do. He does what he feels is right for him. And I feel like everybody should. No, is that not how it's supposed to be? And it's not a disrespect. Like he decided not to get vaccinated last year and he didn't. But the weird shit was y'all are trying to vilify him for not getting vaccinated and being an idiot. But the people who are watching him play, the people going to the Barclays didn't need to be vaccinated. The players who were playing for opposing teams coming to the Barclays didn't have to be vaccinated, but Kyrie had to be vaccinated. And people who watch the game don't have to be. Make it make sense. And now this year they're saying not only did the people not have to be vaccinated, you got to pay them and give them their jobs back. Because all of that was unconstitutional, which is very true. Super true. I got a vaccine. I got vaccinated. But that was my choice. If somebody chose not to be vaccinated, that's their choice. I don't understand why choices are such a problem in this country. Y'all want free freedom of speech, but nobody likes choices. If your choice is different from my choice, I don't respect you. And I don't understand why that's a thing in America. That's the, that's what my freedom is. My freedom to choose is amazing. I love choosing what I want, choosing what works best for me, not what works best for you. And if you like me, if I choose something else, no. 
So he's always been, he's marched to the, to the beat of his own drum a lot. And you just, you just can't do it. You, you try to, you try to get Kyrie and you try to, you know, punish him for things that he wants to do. And you're mad because you can't really discipline Kyrie. And I don't like that. Why do you want to discipline this man so much? Why do you want to make an example out of him so much? Because he does what he wants to do on his own volition. I don't, I don't get it. And yeah, five game suspension, five games. So then the kicker is, it's not just five games. He has to do things on a conditional basis. So it says the Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. Apologize and condemn the movie, which he did. $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, which he already did. Y'all better stop beating the dead horse. Sensitivity training. I don't know anybody more sensitive than Kyrie Irving. That boy got feelings. Anti-Semitic training. I don't know what that, what, what would you do? What the fuck entails anti-Semitic training? Meet with ADL and Jewish leaders. So the ADL, I just found out they are the, hold on, Anti-Defamation League and Jewish leaders. And then you got to meet with Joe Side. That's the, I think that's the Asian owner of the Nets to demonstrate understanding. Is he missing the book report? Does he also have to write I'm not anti-Semitic a hundred times on the chalkboard. Like what, what kind of fucking school punishment is this? This is excessive, extremely excessive. Everybody's talking about boycotting the NBA. I'm not going to lie. I'm not opposed. And I'm a Nets fan. He's on my actual team. I'm not opposed. I'm actually feeling the way about the Nets as an organization, as a record label, as a crew. I feel a way about the NBA as an organization, as a record label, as a motherfucking crew. I do. I don't, I don't like the way you're doing them. I just don't appreciate it. I don't think it's deserving. I feel like it's overkill. And who the fuck are y'all doing this for? So when they ask, you know, Shaq and Kenny, Shaq calls him unconscious. And I feel like that couldn't be Shaq, Kenny and Charles. Shaq calls him unconscious, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. That is a reading nigga right there. Like, like Kyrie be reading, and he be learn. He learns about things. When he was staging the court, y'all called him crazy. Why? It's Boston. You know how racist Boston is? I'd sage that court, too. Y'all, the things that y'all don't understand, y'all condemn and vilify. Like Kyrie. You don't understand him, so you condemn him, and you vilify him. But Shaq, I was disappointed. Oh, he he doesn't lack the consciousness and all these things. And Shaq, shut up. Step and fetch it. That's what y'all sound like. Step and fetch it. Charles Barkley, this is before the suspension. Oh, he should have been suspended. I don't know why he's still playing. Step and fetch it. A bunch of shuckers and jobbers. Even LeBron says something I wasn't feeling. We don't condone hate speech of any kind. He didn't say anything. In order for it to be hate speech, it should be said. No, it should be spoken. He should have spoken it. He would have had to speak for it to be hate speech. He posted 
a picture. That's that's what he did. So I feel a way about LeBron now too. Cause my thing is, wasn't you mad when they told you to shut up and dribble? This is essentially what they telling this kid to shut up and dribble. A kid who helped you get that ring in your town. Cause neither one of y'all was gonna get that ring in 2016 without each other. I'm here to tell you. Neither one of y'all. So why is it that he has to shut up and dribble? But you can advocate for everybody. You could you could say, oh no, we don't do this and we don't do this as a as a player. I wish a lot of people, I'd rather people not say anything than to go against Kyrie. Cause it looks whack. It looks crazy. I'd rather everybody just sit there quiet and eat their food. Cause the boy wasn't most of the stuff in this in this movie ain't lying. Am I gonna watch it? Hell no, I ain't gonna watch three hours of that. But from what I read on the Anti-Defamation League, that's what I read it from, the Anti-Defamation League um, website. I read it straight from them. Most of that ain't lies. It's not. What makes y'all think white people are heroes? I'm not saying, I'm just saying. If you in the land where it's 100 degrees easily, daily, you ain't got no melanin. You ain't surviving. Everybody be done died of melanoma back in 400 BC if y'all was white. Melanin protects you from the sun. Everybody knows that. If you ain't got melanin, the sun is not your friend. It's, it's science. It's biology that y'all like to talk about so much. It's all of those things. So... What makes you think that black people aren't Hebrew? I don't I don't know why. Y'all done remade all these movies and gave them darker skin. Y'all made Charlton Heston damn near Puerto Rican in the Ten Commandments. That NRA president gun-toting red state living Charlton Heston looked like he owned a bodega in that movie. You know why? Because tan and darker skin is not of your people. Y'all don't come that color. But you knew good and damn well back then. They had to be that color. You got to look like a good rotisserie chicken. To be in Egypt, at least. From rotisserie chicken to blackened salmon. Those are the complexions if you live in Egypt. You ain't going to sit here and tell me. That your blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus is Jesus. Because that y'all favorite thing, y'all talk about the Bible, look it up. He had hair wool, skin of brass. You know who got hair wool? Me. You know how black I am? Very. I am about as exotic as cheesecake and sweet potato pie. I'm wild American. Super black. I'm Geechee. So I know good and well the level of blackness that I am. But whatever. I'm just mad at the fact that everybody's mad at Kyrie. And nobody's mad at Amazon. Like two days ago, they asked them Amazon to take it down. Y'all was more upset about the nigga posting it than the actual platform. And your whole argument was Kyrie's platform. Kyrie has such a big platform and he shouldn't broadcast this film on his Instagram. 
You don't think Amazon got a bigger platform than Kyrie Irving? Before you even got to Kyrie, y'all should have asked Jeff Bezos to take it down. Y'all asked him to take it down two days ago, and y'all been on Kyrie ass for how many fucking days? About five or six of them? And it didn't possess you to talk to Jeff Bezos first? Y'all all got money. It's the NBA. Y'all can meet up with the nigga. Y'all can link up with Jeff Bezos. Y'all ain't asked Amazon to take it down first? If you are so outraged, and it's such an uproar on this damn movie, why the hell y'all ain't talking to the people who was buying it? And guess what? The movie's number one now. Everybody wants to see it. And you know why everybody wants to see it? Because y'all made a big deal out of that shit. I follow Kyrie. I didn't even see that post. And I follow him on Instagram. Y'all made such a big stink out of it that everybody wants to see it now. Everybody wants to know what he's talking about. Y'all made it popular. You ever told a kid, don't say that? Or like you have a curse and be like, oh, don't say that. Grown up say that. Now that kid know the curse. Cause they gonna say it because you told them not to say it. They was it was just a regular word. They wasn't even thinking about that word before you said it. They ain't think it was bad, but the fact that you brought attention to that word, now your baby about to go to daycare and say fuck all day. Because you paid it too much mind. Why did you pay it that much mind? It would have been a regular post. Everybody would have left alone, kept walking. Y'all made a fucking Greek play. Out of one Instagram post. And now everybody's seen it. Not me. Again, I'm not spending three hours. It's the devil is a liar. I'm not spending three hours on that. No fucking way. But what I will say is the constant comparison to Kanye with this Kyrie situation is what's really plucking my nerves. Because Kanye said a lot of things. Jews run the world. I'm going to go DEFCON 3. It's going to be like a school shooting. He said a lot of harmful things that make you say, hmm. He definitely did. He spoke a lot. He went on whatever platform he can go to to say his speech, his hate speech, or whatever you want to call it. He went on plenty of platforms and discussed it. And then they said, nah, I can't do it. I can't, I can't risk everything doing this. I'm gonna lose it all, just like you just lost it all. Kanye, I'm good. Can't do it. The difference is Kyrie said nothing. There was no speech involved. There was no talking. There was no, I'm going on drink chance. I'm going on Twitter. I'm going on Piers Morgan. There was none of that with Kanye. Well, I mean with Kyrie. Kyrie just posted on his Instagram. That was it. He didn't go out his way to spread anything or any inaccuracies. He just posted what he just watched and he liked it. We're going to stop saying this is the same fight that Kanye was saying. No. Kanye was speaking hate speech. In order to do in order to do hate speech, you have to speak. <laughs> you have to say it. Kyrie said nothing of the sort. We will not continue to compare them. Kyrie was not saying nothing crazy, outlandish, something that make you go, oh my God, I can't believe it. No, he didn't say anything. That's the main goal. Kyrie was trying to say it on whatever platform he could find. He was going to talk. 
he even bought a, a damn website or something so he could spew whatever he wanted to say unwarranted unabashed uninterrupted that is not the same as this man posting a post on instagram with barely a caption it's not let's not equate the two i stand with Kyrie. if we're doing a boycott on the nba it's lit let me know if gambling's involved, though, because I have been gambling on DraftKings, and I don't know if that's a part of it. I do need to know the, the genuine scope of how the boycott will work because I don't mind making money off the NBA. But if I ain't got to watch it, that's cool, too. So y'all tell me what we doing so we can do it. I stand with Kai. I don't think Kyrie did anything wrong. I believe he is being railroaded, and it's not a good look, especially on a sport where it's predominantly black people so let me know what we're doing y'all i'm with it the weekly hustle comes from the man himself kyrie irving where were you when I was uh, a kid, figuring out that uh, 300 million of my ancestors are buried in America? Where were you guys asking those same questions when I was a kid dealing with, learning about the traumatic events of my familial history and what I'm proud to come from and why I'm proud to stand here and why when I repeat myself that I'm not going to stand down, it has nothing to do with dismissing any other race or group of people. I'm just I'm proud of my heritage and what we've been through. And uh, the fact that this is, I'm here answering questions of whether or not I'm sorry or not on something I didn't create. And it was something I shared. And I'm telling everybody I'm taking responsibility. Then that's where I sit. These same questions that you guys ask, me dealing with it as being a melanated, pigmented person all around the world and dealing with racial biases against my skin color, demeaning me because of my religious beliefs. And I'm still sitting in the seat standing. But I also am a human being that's 30 years old and I've been growing up in a country that's told me that I wasn't worth anything. And I came from a slave class. And I come from a people that are meant to be treated the way we get treated every day. So I'm not here to compare anyone's atrocities or tragic events that their families have dealt with. It's unfortunate timing that we're in, but I'm glad that I could stand on the truth because I'm not afraid of these mics, these cameras. And this has been According to Fox. Can't wait to see y'all next week. Season four.